Hey Lex. Hi C. Happy one year of uneasy. It's literally hey, uneasy listeners. It's literally so crazy that we've already hit one year. I feel like we just sat down and decided to make this podcast together. So this is actually insane that it's already hit one year. Welcome to Uneasy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia. This podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy. We'll interweave our case coverage with candid commentary instead of just a recitation of facts, sharing our opinions on the stories that make us most uneasy. Discretion is advised. We've definitely learned so much about podcasting, editing, researching just along this year. And we want to thank everyone that has been listening and along for the ride, especially our friends and family that give us our listens. So major shout out to you guys and any new people that are just now listening. We also are on TikTok and Instagram as well. So always be sure to tune in there for any additional content or just staying up to date on what we're doing. For sure. I think that we definitely also have some episodes that you can go back and listen to if this is the first one you've come across of Uneasy. We have about 30 plus episodes available on all major streaming platforms. So go ahead and give that a listen as well if you're just now tuning in. Today we're going to do things a little bit different than we have done before and we're just going to switch up the format of kind of how we are talking about our episode. This is our one year, so we want to try something new and something fresh and just make this really conversational like you're on FaceTime here with us right now. We will be talking in part one about Ruby Frankie, her YouTube channel, and her family. We want to first and foremost say that everything we are saying is our opinion She is part of an ongoing investigation, so we cannot declare the verdict on that investigation as it is not our ability to do so. We are also not a part of the LDS faith, which Ruby Frankie is a part of, and we are not in any way objectifying this faith or any of the people in it. We are just saying, speaking to Ruby Frankie's character and the character of the people around her. I think that's a really important thing that we point out, especially as we're moving into this conversational kind of episode and opening up um, a very controversial topic in today's media, which is Ruby Frankie. I mean, she, this entire case just has taken the internet by storm for sure because she got her start on the internet. Yeah, so I want to rewind like to two months ago, I think in July... Um, Lexi and I find a lot of our podcast episodes through TikTok, as I'm sure everyone finds, you know, just news and other entertaining things and even things to purchase on TikTok. And really interesting, in July on my For You page, Ruby, Frankie, and Connections came up and I got down a very deep rabbit hole about her and her YouTube channel, Eight Passengers, 
again, this is before everything came to light, but it's really interesting to see that rabbit hole then being really confused about what she was preaching in her YouTube channel to what we know today. So let's just dive into who Ruby Frankie is and all of that good stuff. So Ruby Frankie was born on January 18th, 1982 to Chad and Jennifer Griffith. And she was the oldest of five children. Really interestingly, two of her sisters are actually YouTube stars too. And they come up later in our conversation as well. Um, she was, grew up in the, the LDS church and LDS is informally known as Mormon, the Mormons. She went to Utah State University where she majored in accounting. So like really was going to do something, um, with her degree. And she, that is where she met her now separated from husband i think Mm. is the way that you can put that they're not exes but they've been separated for a while i don't it's i mean it's i think it's like what like 14 15 months now that they've been separated um but i don't think that they're officially divorced no they're not because he might yeah um so her now separated husband Kevin Frankie also attended Utah State, um, and he was going to be an engineer. He was born on October 9th, 1978, so, like, a little bit older than Ruby Frankie, um, but he grew up with kind of, like, the exact same lifestyle as Ruby, and that's actually, like, how they headed off. They met at a hot dog stand on campus. Oh, my gosh. No way. That's, like, the craziest, like, oh, how did you guys meet? Oh, we met at a hot dog stand. Like, oh, just getting me a nice glizzy before class. Like, what? Yeah. So they, like, obviously hung out after that. Um, They even lived in the same apartment complex. It was just, like, super easy for them to hang out. And they had so much in common. And it didn't take long of them dating for them to get married. They got married when Ruby was 18 and Kevin was 22. Okay. I don't think that that's uncommon for the Mormon faith. Um, Or really, I mean, it's not necessarily, I think it's more uncommon today, but I don't know that it was necessarily as uncommon um, when they were in college. Yeah, I definitely agree. I am feel like I've gotten down because, again, Lexi and I, we are not a part of the LDS church, so we kind of just know what other people have told us, and it seems like a lot of people even get married right out of high school within the LDS community, so I don't think it's really weird and even them only dating for a short amount of time that's pretty normal too. I always see things from BYU. Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, I'm engaged. Yeah, I'm married." Mm-hmm. I we like and then people will ask, "Well, like, what do you think is a long time to date someone?" And they're like, "2 months." Yeah. And BYU is Brigham Young University. They're um an LDS 
you know, based university. Um, a lot of people from that that church go there. Um, so I always see they come up on my for you page of like people interviewing <laughs> around campus as well. Um, and they'll say like, would you rather, you know, drink a sip of alcohol or kill a puppy? And all these people yes, are being I- like, kill a puppy. And I'm like, wait, 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 we need to back up for a second. So definitely have like really strong um, values in their faith, especially going into like college um and I think that's instilled in these like family units from you know when the children are a young age so especially if both of them came from a similar background in their faith um it definitely was not unusual for them to get married at that young age I don't think yeah so and also in college especially at like BYU and other mormon forward colleges you get marriage housing if you're married oh so it's kind of like the military you know how like enlisted people can move off base (laughs) yeah they get out of the bees by getting married yeah (laughs) yeah this is like the same thing like they get like an apartment because they're married i did not know that yeah huh So just three years in to Ruby and Kevin being married, they welcomed their first child into the world in 2003, and her name is Sherry. She's now 20 years old, the day that this podcast is being made. In 2005, they welcomed now 18-year-old Chad, 2007, now 16-year-old Abby, 2009, now 14-year-old Julie, 2011, now 12-year-old Russell, and their final child in 2013, now 10-year-old Eve. So each kid is exactly two years apart. That's like giving me planned vibes, which like that's totally fine. I think a lot of people do that, but like it's crazy they were able to plan all six children so like I don't know. Like, I definitely think two years is, like, a really good time frame for, like, siblings. Um, But I don't know if they were fully planned because I know that they had two miscarriages between Russell and Eve. Hmm. Interesting. So it might have just worked out in that way and really, like, coincidentally, maybe they had, like, a special holiday that they would always celebrate. But I don't know. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) who knows well she definitely had her hands full with six children that's for sure yeah for sure um and the birth of eve like inspired ruby to create her youtube channel eight passengers and make her famous in the way that we know her today in january 2015 ruby frankie uploaded her first youtube episode titled the making of eve Eve was two years old at this point, but it showed Eve as a baby, like, interacting with her other five children, and it was just, like, that time frame was, like, the height of mommy vlogging trend, like, the trend, so Ruby just, like, really hopped on it and utilized it, like, to her advantage. Um, I feel like you had to be there to know. 
but the like YouTube in 2015 what what we would describe as like the for you page or like the home page of YouTube today yeah. was just filled with like there was these notable families that you like would follow along and I knew like everything about them I knew what like each kid was interested in like things like that that they're sharing their entire lives in these vlogs and people loved it they ate that shit up they loved it yeah I feel like you definitely got into YouTube so much more than I did I didn't really even get into YouTube but even today I know especially some Mormon based families because of their vlogging um Ruby had initially not so great success with her vlog and she like didn't post very often and just like wasn't really reaching high numbers and then she started like amassing more followers as time progressed and like mommy vlogging really took its peak to reach over it's estimated that she had like millions of dollars in like deals at some point which is huge i think i've seen a clip of her saying like i made millions on youtube and like it's just like crazy to wrap your head around especially i mean like influencing at in 2015 like wasn't really a thing yet and that's i think like when we hear like today all the influencers that make all this money are making it off of brand deals and selling things on TikTok shop and this, that, and the third. But like in 2015, that wasn't really as much of a thing yet. It was like, yeah, these big YouTubers weren't making as much money yet. So originally she was monetizing off of just the views, but then YouTube created a rule where you couldn't monetize off of views if you had children in it. So she was doing like she was became a full fledged influencer on YouTube and was like doing brand deals and all of this. And that's how she made her money. Dang. She like she went through the loophole and became one of like the first big influencers. That's why. Yeah. I mean, and her sisters also like saw her wealth and two of them became bloggers as well and still have YouTube channels today. So it just shows like. Ruby Frankie was really bringing in the money, guys. Um, We didn't really even say what her YouTube channel was. It's called Eight Passengers, and it comes from the, like, six kids plus the two parents makes a family of eight. And the intro is them, like, all in a little car driving along. So it's just, like, the eight passengers, I think, of Christ. Hmm. It's very John and Kate plus eight vibes. Yes, 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 yes. So in 2020, Ruby had 2.5 million subscribers. And this is like huge. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of subscribers. Like, I feel like that was the peak of when people were like worrying about how many subscribers and likes and things that they have too. like. 2.5 million subscribers is a lot especially for the type of content she was producing yeah so her content was just like very family-based they would do family-based challenges they would talk about their faith she would talk about her parenting styles and ruby ended up homeschooling her children 
And this was documented through the YouTube channel. So originally her children were going to school, but then people believe that she pulled her children out of school because there was music being played that was considered lewd to her. Was considered lewd to her. Yes. It was just like pop music. Okay. But it wasn't like very gospel. Okay. So they were playing it at, at the school and there's a YouTube video that she records of her crying in the car on the way to school to go talk to the principal about how this is really inappropriate and how like this is just like shameful and not acceptable and her kids will not be participating and listening to this kind of music and then like following that ruby and kevin start homeschooling their kids yeah it definitely sounds like she really wanted to be able to control like the narrative that her children were hearing um and unfortunately that's part of the the beauty of public school to me is that your um your children are exposed to a wide range of religion and characteristics and cultures and um she you know you can't control that so it sounds like she just was ready to control that narrative on her own Yeah, so then she starts pulling her kids out of school, and they are now being homeschooled by her full time. And as she's gaining more control over her kids, more, and she's amassing more followers, more controversy starts to surround her. So Ruby would often say that it was a privilege, not a right, for her children to eat. And this led hundreds of people to sign an online petition asking for child protective services to investigate the Frankie family in 2020 when she had that 2.5 million subscribers. Yeah, she was very like... She, I feel like, used food as a way to not only punish her kids, but a way to manipulate her kids. And she just, like, said it with a grin and would edit the video and post it on YouTube. Like, there's so many clips out there of her being, like, um, I told my kids, I straight up told my kids that they couldn't have breakfast until they finished their chores. Or, um... You know, I told my kid that it's like a video of her telling her youngest boy, um, no, you don't need to eat breakfast or if you don't listen to me, you're not going to eat breakfast. It's like things like that, that she was, she obviously didn't see an issue with it if she was posting it online for her 2.5 million subscribers to see. And it's when those type of things start happening that people start being like, wait a second, this is not... This is not all like, yeah. It was so wild for me to see so many clips of her proudly taking away food from her kids, which causes an eating disorder for your kids. One thousand percent. But it sounds like she. I've also seen another clip of her that talks about how she she knows that she's a manipulator and she like she's proudly uses. She calls it tough love. Yes. 
she probably like uses manipulation tactics to get what she wants and like she said that before um and so like she doesn't see this as wrong because she sees it as like this is a bargaining tool for me to use um to be able to get my kids to either behave or to do what I want or to conform to my beliefs whatever Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people started being like hey like this isn't right I mean didn't she like wasn't there something else that came up where she also like wasn't feeding her kids like going to school like her daughter yeah her daughter Eve forgot her lunch at when she was still going to school and Eve's teacher texted Ruby Ruby who was a stay-at-home wife at the time um and asked her to bring her lunch for her and she was like no it's Eve's fault like Eve was supposed to be bring her lunch Eve was six years old at the time Eve told me that she brought her lunch to school so it's her responsibility this is going to teach her a hard lesson she needs to starve yeah and the way she the way that she like I've seen the clip I think we should insert it for you guys to hear but um yeah we'll play it right now I just got a text message uh, from Eve's teacher, and she said that Eve did not pack a lunch today, and can I bring a lunch over to the school? This happens quite often when you're having raising children, um, because I know that her teacher is uncomfortable with her being hungry and not having a lunch, and it would ease her discomfort if I came to the school with a lunch. Um, but I, I responded and just said, Eve is responsible for making her lunches in the morning. And she actually told me she did pack a lunch. So the natural outcome is she's just going to She doesn't to be say if the, if the box was and at the house or not, but like she could have packed a lunch. Nobody gives her food and nobody steps in like and gives say. her a lunch. Um, um, so you can definitely tell yeah, I'm just in that like, clip that she does not give a flying like yeah, she this, does not I'm care. Like, oh my gosh like she, she just needs to be hungry fully believes that her that six-year-old is so awful should be able and to pack their lunch and be held accountable for it and she like even points at like well eve told me that she did pack a lunch so she's six she's six years old she probably just wanted to leave or to go get on the bus with her friends mm-hmm. or whatever This is before yeah. they were homeschooled, too. Well, I know that that's not the first time. And it's time like, have you that, never like, made a mistake? With, like, her kids in lunch. Like, have you never forgotten something? I've also something. seen a video where she's on the phone you're with one of me her that children. You're telling me that you've never forgotten an item in your life. The oldest. Absolutely and not. And they forgot their. No, it was, it was one of the boys. They forgot their lunch money. And she's like on the phone being like, well, maybe one of your friends will be nice and share a sandwich, but this will make you think extra hard. No. It's like you're – that's part of your job as a mother is to make sure that your kids are taken care of and you're just blatantly There's also just like food. other things that Ruby has done. And when I say Ruby, Ruby is the primary videographer for the channel. Her children have also videoed well, – she just doesn't – for she the channel from like, their point okay, of view like before um but ruby is the primary person right now, she would upload every single day at 6 a.m like like remembering full-on vlogger 
but her husband kevin was shown and i know it doesn't work that way but she's like seriously agreed to the disciplinary actions that ruby acted upon and supported his wife in every way through these tiktok i mean through these youtube videos so yes it was ruby talking through the vlog but we often do see kevin agreeing if not acting on it himself um so there is also video another video which really it upsets me so much but Kevin told Ruby that they needed to take their daughter to the hospital um, because she was sick. And Ruby is videotaping herself in the bathroom saying that she's just not ready to go to the hospital. She knows she needs to go, but she doesn't want to go. So she took a bath and she cleaned the whole bathroom. And it had been about like an hour since Kevin told her that they needed to leave. She was like, I guess I have to get up now and go don't have children if you don't want to take care of them yeah yeah That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Well, it it's like she gets like a power trip from it is what happens. But like that's just blatantly ignoring the needs of your we child. We can insert that clip here. That's yeah. just insane to me. You can go. And I know that like she also would use like blatant abuse Chad has also had his door taken away for months. Um, I remember this video that I saw where the oldest boy, his name's Chad, was basically like nonchalantly sitting next to his mom, Ruby, when they were recording for one of the vlogs. And he was like, yeah, I I have been sleeping on a beanbag since October. Like I haven't had a bed for months. And she's like, ah. So you can hear her just like laugh it off be like haha like I don't think our viewers know that but it's like I think someone died there yeah had his door taken away he was also sent away to I think someone died there because both Kevin and Ruby sat down and told the channel of the eight passengers channel and said yes he's gone away to I think it's pronounced Anasazi Anasazi Foundation Wilderness therapy program eyes um and it's a program that a lot of people have described to be yes i saw that like they said him hell, there just like abusive because being he i don't know about Chad that but if so we should cover it the youngest son <laughs> in an episode um um Russell yeah like just late at night edge, like the entire and was time. like so, pack your bags and their reasoning the for it was just like like he has we're leaving soon to figure out he has them some things to figure out, so we're gonna send him to this wilderness camp. Well, I think it was all related. And it he sounds like you just want to get rid right of your son, like you don't camp. want to deal with him anymore. 
Like, he came back to a beanbag. Yeah. And I'm just like, they said, um, Captain Ruby said it was accumulation of a th- multiple things over multiple years that led to Chad going to wilderness camp. But was that for the wilderness camp or I thought that's why he got his bed taken away? Okay. Yes. Okay. And another thing about them being really upset with how their children are acting, they took Christmas away from even Russell one year because they said that this was the only way to truly teach them like the consequences of their actions. It's probably they sat them down of and were like, "You will not be getting styles and like Santa's not coming to you. Santa will come to everyone to else. Not act the way that you want." And him in to, theory, so I understand. Like we all say, like if you're naughty, like you're gonna get cold. Like, and everyone says that, but like these are little baby kids. You don't they like they have to be taught right from wrong. But I don't think that this is the most appropriate way to teach them right from wrong. Ruby said at the time that they were going to Santa was going to be taken away from them that they just didn't understand other punishments like staying home all day and watching the floorboards. They thought that it was just a fun way to skip school. I guarantee you. Those kids do not think that. Like I have. And also, school guarantees them multiple meals, so I don't know if they were no, fully they enjoying didn't that. Think that. When um, someone and I know that was like a common punishment that she did you. because she was like literally. I don't her know if I were known in the if I was in that like, situation. I would not like to be around them and, like, for like, moms would joke the whole like, day. Oh, like the Frankie kids and are going to help me clean. On another note, of like food, it was a known thing that they like were always doing chores cooking and like didn't. I guarantee you that the littlest ones, so even Russell or like the baby, I think that also played into the food aspect as well about like taking it away from. I don't know. It was just awful. So, I mean, like, I think it all just, it plays into, a like, a, a sense of control. Like, trying to, to take Christmas away from those little babies. Like, that's a way for you to gain leverage and power so that they're, like, literally scared of you. Like, these kids, they're literally on camera. And I, I don't know, I think now we all look back on it and we're piecing together all of these things. And, like, you guys listening to it now as this big 
puzzle that, you know, we've, like, us internet sleuths on, online have pieced together. Um, when you sit down to, like, piece them together, it looks very alarming, right? Because everything has been pieced together for you. But if you were there during the time, there were very separate instances that maybe not everybody was catching. But at the end of the day, Ruby and possibly her husband as well, I mean, Ruby really did wear the pants, really enjoyed, you know, this power trip that she had over her kids. Um, she made sure to remind them often that everything belonged to her in the house. You know, if they got a package, she would be like, and remember, whose is that? And the kids would like say back, yours. Like, she was like, and if it, it, you don't have a cell phone, I give you access to a cell phone. And it's just like little things like that that she made sure to dig into like these kids' minds. Um, but at the same time, once they turned 18, she wanted to just. And it's not because they can't financially tie. support like them. She financially, they can't. Caught a lot of controversy. If they are making millions of dollars for on it YouTube. Because she would state, you know, I'm not, I'm not dealing with my kids. Once they turn 18, they have to move out. Um, and they kind of did like a an apology video yeah. of sorts, more just explaining themselves, saying, well, I want to have kids that are contributing members to society. Um, but a lot of people were like, you're just straight up not going to support your kid anymore after they turn 18. Like, at the age of 18, I wasn't ready to be fully on my own. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird dynamic because they want so much power over them, but as soon as they turn eighteen, they're saying like, "Oh, like I'm not I'm not dealing with that anymore." I think You're it's so hard for but, I mean, like to like I said, I don't think anybody at the time was really like could in, ever guess how in terrible the height in twenty twenty or she how had it was some when the millions were of off. subscribers because we were seeing these she was posting every now, single like day I said, we're able to at 6 a.m like into this bigger picture you can only edit um, edit so much but out at the end of the day you before never the morning anybody who is and so it's like well like if she shared every single bit of her off. life surely it's you know it's all not that bad and her kids seemed like good kids but it really goes to show when the light when the cameras turn off like there could be something deeper happening behind closed doors so in 2020 as we have talked about ruby had that petition filed against her where hundreds of people had said that cps needed to be called and her youtube channel was showing some really graphic things against children. In 2021, she told The Wrap mm -hmm. in an interview that she was simply de demonstrating what a responsible mother looked like. And, you know, it was just her form of essentially, as we said earlier, tough love. However, in, by 2022, Ruby had completely stopped posting to the eight passengers. But she joined a new YouTube channel called Connections with a woman named Jody Hildebrandt. And they kept their podcast going on until the beginning of October when this 911 call surfaced.
911, the address of your emergency. Okay, and the phone number you're calling from. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. And he's a... Uh, said he had just came from a neighbor's house, and we know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated. He's got tape around his legs. He's hungry, and he's thirsty. Okay. Is, he, is your door locked? No, I'm sitting outside with him on the, on the front patio. Okay, cool. And he asked us to call the police. What's so he's name? very afraid. What's your last name? He's 12 years old. Yes. Okay. And can you ask him his date of birth? Can you tell me your birthday? Okay, and um, is are the neighbors out of their home, or is anybody looking for them that you can see? Uh, no. We, our homes are far enough away. Uh, I'm not sure. How did you get out of the house? Uh, Orange. He went out. He says he just left through the porch at the neighbor's house. Um, her name is Jody Hildebrand. And she lives two doors up the street. Yeah, out here in Cayenne, the houses are far apart. So he walked just under the block to get to our house. He rang my doorbell and asked me to call the police. Does he seem to be under the influence of drugs or alcohol? I don't think so, but he's very thirsty. and. Uh, need an ambulance? I don't think he needs an ambulance. I'll let the cops decide that, but his ankles are taped up, and he won't tell us why. Okay. But he has duct tape around each ankle. Yeah, there's sores around him. I think there's a good chance he's been... Uh... Oh, and he has them around his ankles. I mean, his wrists as well. Okay, this boy has been... <laughs> this kid has obviously been... I think he's been he's been detained. He's been he's obviously covered in wounds. Okay. Let's get the paramedics headed over that way, okay? Oh, that's a good idea too. Let's see. Um has he told you where his mom or dad are? I haven't asked him that. Hmm? Yeah. Mommy and yeah, I'm sure that that doesn't matter, son. Do you know where your mom and dad are? Well, actually, I don't know where my mom is, but I do know where my dad is. He's not anywhere here. No, 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 nowhere. Okay. No, he doesn't seem to. He knows where his mom is, but uh, he doesn't know where his dad is. That's correct. Is his mom home? He, doesn't live he just says he doesn't live around here. Okay. 
Make sure to join us for part two of this special where we cover the rest of that 911 call, the horrific incidents that were discovered in the home, and all about Ruby's partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Mm-hmm.